Big Finish present Doctor Who Short Trips. Late Night Shopping by Matt Fitton. Read by Hugh Ross. Miriam knew she'd left it too late. Friday night, under the harsh glare of the supermarket striplights, she wondered for the fifteenth time what on earth she was doing here. Why wasn't she out with friends in some cosy pub, or dancing the night away in a trendy club? If nothing else, the lighting would have been kinder. Then she remembered. She didn't have any friends. She hunched her shoulders as Steve the security guard wandered past, she knew him by sight from the salon. He brought his mum in every second Sunday, but he'd never noticed her. His mum was a rinse and set. Steve was a skinny lad, but Miriam thought he had nice sideburns. Could do with leaving some length on top. Bit of matte paste, maybe, to give it some shape. What did she need? So far, her basket had milk, loo roll and bread. Is that all there is to my life? she wondered. Miriam was now in the deserted vegetable aisle looking for something healthy. An array of empty shelves stretched out in front of her. Then she saw it. A flash of red, tucked away at the back, almost hidden by the shelf above. Italian tomatoes. The last packet of six, a few days left on the sell-by. Not too late, after all. She allowed herself a smile. They'd go lovely with some buffalo mozzarella. She picked them up and was about to place them in her basket when a long-fingered hand closed over hers. It was a cool, light touch. An urgent voice breathed in her ear. For the safety of the human race, I need you to put those tomatoes down, please. She turned to meet a pair of intense blue eyes looking straight into hers. Framed by dark, tousled hair, the earnest face creased into a smile, and something skipped in Miriam's ribcage. He was quite possibly the most handsome man she'd ever seen in her life. Normally, Miriam would take a professional interest in the hair, but in this case, there was not a thing she would do to it. It was perfect. She dropped the tomatoes. Thank you. The man scooped up the packet and she noticed he was holding something in his other hand that was clicking furiously. A barcode scanner? Did he work here? He wasn't in standard uniform. He wore an old-fashioned long green coat that caught the light in a strange way. It could have been velvet. Maybe they had a promotion on. Sorry to deprive you of your shopping, but I've been tracking these boys from St. Mazzano. Managed to give us the slip at Dover. He ran the scanner over the packet. The clicking sound became an alarming rattle that made Miriam think of a Geiger counter. Are they radioactive? she asked. 
No, no, not at all. Although, if they were, it might solve a few problems. Radioactive tomatoes? The devastating smile again. Oh, now there's a thought. Miriam giggled and immediately regretted it. Sorry, silly of me to think they might be dangerous. Oh, no, not silly at all, Miss, um... Miriam. Miriam. She liked the way he said her name. His voice took on that earnest tone again. You are absolutely right, Miriam. These tomatoes are extremely dangerous. They've been implanted with a parasitic genetic extract which, once absorbed by a sentient life form, will combine with the host DNA and transform it into, well, uh, let's just say, into something else. Okay. Miriam didn't quite know how to take this. A doctor! A young woman careered round the corner from the tin goods section, barely controlling a trolley. Of course, he wasn't on his own. But was he really a doctor? Or a patient, escaped from somewhere? Oh, are these things so flaming hard to steer? Uh, Lucy got everything we need. This is Miriam. She's been very helpful. Miriam, this is my friend Lucy. It's the wheels, by the way. They really should have kept the front ones fixed, as per my original design. The man, the doctor, dropped the packet of tomatoes into the trolley. The girl smiled at her. Hiya! Suddenly Miriam felt underdressed. Lucy looked like she'd just come out of a nightclub. She sounded northern, too. They did keep their hemlines high up there, whatever the weather. Miriam noted blonde highlights that she'd have been happy to call her own work. Lucy reminded her of the girls at the salon, except that for some reason Miriam couldn't help liking her. Oh, she'd lose the earrings, though. The doctor was peering into the trolley while doing something with his not-a-Geiger counter. Jaffa cakes? Uh, they're doing two for one. Hairspray? Okay, we might be able to travel anywhere in time and space, but you've obviously been nowhere near a Vidal Sassoon in Yonks. Lucy gave a cheeky grin. You can have a lend if you like. The doctor finished fiddling with the scanner and placed it on the floor. Miriam, would you mind holding my coat? He shrugged off his jacket and in one movement folded it over his arm and passed it to Miriam. It was lighter than she expected, but yes, she was pretty sure it was velvet. He dropped a squat by the scanner, which he had upturned to show a smooth white underside the size of a saucer. Frying pan, side plate and egg slice, please. Oh, um, and the tomatoes. Lucy smiled at Miriam again. Just don't ask what his last slave died of. As Lucy passed the items from the trolley, the doctor arranged them on the floor. Down the far end of the deserted aisle, Miriam caught a movement. Steve, the security man, had just passed by. The doctor perched the small frying pan on top of his scanner. Rather cleverly, I've given my biodetector a ceramic base connected directly to the power cell. Oh yes, that's very clever, said Lucy. And for those of us without degrees in spaceology, that means... That means when I disperse the power core, like so, he pressed a button on the device, it heats up, and hey presto, an instant cooking hob. A dash of olive oil, please, Lucy. The doctor tore open the packet of tomatoes. You're not going to do what I think you're going to do, are you? 
said Lucy, taking a bottle from the trolley. I try not to. I know how you love surprises. The doctor was now carefully pressing the tomatoes through the egg slice one by one to produce a pile of neat circles on the plate. I've been trying to work out how to neutralize the enzyme, and I've a theory I want to test. Heating it up will impede its capacity for genetic bonding, so if I fry them in some nice hot olive oil, the tomatoes become, if not completely harmless, temporarily dormant. Balsamic vinegar, please. Lucy handed the doctor a dark green bottle. And what does this do? Break down its chemical watsits or something? The doctor looked at Miriam as if sharing a joke. <laughs> oh no, I, I just like the taste. Lucy gave Miriam a look. I know, thing is, it's not even the first killer alien vegetable that's invaded Earth this month. Tomatoes aren't vegetables, stated the doctor. Miriam watched him test the oil with his finger, burn it and suck it ruefully before tipping the tomato slices into the pan. You do this a lot then, she asked. Oh, yeah, breezed Lucy. Then I suppose you have strategies for dealing with things like, um, security guards? She nodded over Lucy's shoulder to the approaching Steve. You all right, miss? He called to Miriam. Steve stopped abruptly as he noticed the doctor's sizzling pan. Oi, you're not allowed to do that in here. Health and safety. The doctor was shaking the pan vigorously, having added a sprinkle of balsamic. Believe me, health and safety are my most pressing concerns, he murmured. Steve spoke urgently into his walkie-talkie. Mr. Smithson, I think you'd better come down here, sir. Customer cooking the produce by the salad. Lucy looked concerned. Hang on, doctor, you said taste. You don't mean you're going to... Eat them, of course. Told you I'd surprise you. He was tipping the cooked tomatoes back onto the plate. I don't suppose you picked up a fork? He gingerly picked up the slices one by one and popped them into his mouth. Look here, started Steve. You need to pay for them first. In between mouthfuls, the doctor explained. You see, I don't think they'll have encountered anything like my DNA before, so that, plus the shock of being fried, will give me a bit of a head start. But the last person who ate one of those turned into him a thing, Lucy protested. The doctor looked sad as he munched. Yes, poor soul, but he was only human, and I can do things with my body chemistry that he couldn't. He finished the last of the tomatoes. Now, this shouldn't take long. The doctor closed his eyes. With crossed legs and open palms resting on his knees, he looked to Miriam as if he were about to lead a meditation class. Is he on drugs? asked Steve. Much worse, said Lucy. He's on genetic mutant tomatoes. Fallout from some galactic war, nasty stuff. These big green lizardy things use it to soften up their enemies, drop it on their crops, wait a few months, and anyone eating it basically changes into big green lizardy things too. Bingo! They have a strike force in place before the warships even arrive. Anyway, we tracked a stray capsule to Earth, Italy. Comes with its own robot. Monte Don crossed with the Terminator, just carried out its usual orders when it crashed and put this gunk into some tomato plants. We found it guarding the nurseries round Naples. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't believe you, 
Steve was having some difficulty fitting alien genetic warfare into his world view. I know, first time in Italy, what do I get? No Roman ruins, no leaning tower, no pinch on the bum from a gondolier. We just blow up greenhouses. Didn't even take me for a pizza. I'm going to have to get Mr. Smithson. Steve was itching to get away and gave Miriam an unfathomable look before he edged off walkie-talkie in hand. So you got rid of all this alien stuff? Miriam found herself asking. Yep, I'll sort it before it got properly implanted, apart from one lot of tomatoes that was already in the system. The doctor used his gizmo to track them down. Storage depots, mainly. Not the most exciting of European tours. Until someone ate a tomato. And then exciting, not in a good way. Lucy frowned. Suddenly, she was nothing like the girls at the salon. Anyway, we've collected a crate of them back in our, um... Uh, Transport. Miriam eyed the crumpled plastic by the doctor's foot. So these... These are the ones that got away. It was the doctor. He opened one eye and looked from Lucy to Miriam. Not green and lizardy? he asked. Nope. Still pink and ponce, Lucy replied. The doctor grinned. Just the way you like me. Now, Lucy, if you could pass me the hair scissors. You what? Hair scissors? It was on the list. Ah, I knew I went down that aisle for something. Something other than hairspray? Lucy Miller, I've just managed to extrude an incredibly dangerous genetic weapon through my follicles and isolate it in my hair cells. Any moment now, it will surge back through my system and turn me into a giant lizard. Because you didn't check the shopping list. For a moment, Lucy looked mortified. Can't you, uh, can't you, can't you pull it out? Then she narrowed her eyes. Can't I pull it out? Hang on, Miriam was rifling through her bag. I think I can help. She triumphantly produced her second best pair of hairdressing scissors. For emergencies, it was worth it for that smile again. I think this qualifies. Miriam, I could hug you. But first... The doctor carefully twirled a forelock round his finger. Just here. If you could do the honours. Miriam hesitated, then held out the blades and snipped. Confidently, professionally. Leaving the doctor holding out his lock of hair. She looked at it, then back into those intense blue eyes. Miriam wondered what sights they'd seen, what they saw now when they looked at her. Keep it. It's harmless now I'm no longer attached. She took it, feeling the coolness of his fingers again in the briefest of touches. Thank you, Miriam, he whispered. Then the doctor was no longer looking at her. She followed his gaze back over her shoulder. A bespectacled, besuited man was standing there with Steve, regarding the doctor coldly. An orange badge pinned to his lapel announced him as Reginald Smithson, Night Manager. He was bald. Thank you, Stephen. I'll take it from here. The man spoke with controlled authority. With a tight, embarrassed smile to Miriam, Steve picked up her basket. I'll take this to the checkout for you, shall I, miss? His walkie-talkie beeped as he walked away. 
Lucy was onto Mr. Smithson already. Right, I, I know that to the untrained eye, it just looks like some long-haired loonies just staged a ready steady cook tribute in your vegetable aisle, but believe me, he had a very good reason. Smithson was unmoved. Which begs the question, who is the more loony, the aforesaid loony or the loony who defends him? He turned to Miriam. Madam, I do apologize if your shopping experience has been less than satisfactory this evening. Stephen tells me you're a regular customer of ours, so I'm sure there's something we can do to, um, recompense your inconvenience. He glared disapprovingly at the doctor. Rest assured the police have been alerted. The doctor stood and turned to the store manager. Reginald, please, there's no need for that. My friend and I are perfectly willing to return all these items, no harm done. Smithson considered the array of debris on the floor. You appear to have consumed a packet of tomatoes. You say tomato, I say genetically modified bioweapon, ventured the doctor. With a sigh, Lucy interjected. Don't worry, we can put it all on my card. Again? As Miriam wondered where Lucy might possibly keep a credit card in that outfit, Steve came pounding back towards them. Mr. Smithson, he panted, Terry says there's a giant robot in the car park taking apart our delivery trucks. Finally, Mr. Smithson looked somewhat perturbed. He says he's asking if we've got any tomatoes. The doctor grinned at Mr. Smithson. I might just be able to help you with that. Catching Steve's bemused eye, Miriam gave him a dazzling smile. She had no doubt at all that the doctor could. Yeah.